podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Wednesday on which we do have some rather juicy gossip to dig into, and it's amazing how gossip can change your mood. But yesterday, we got two rumours from very reliable journalists regarding players that Liverpool are allegedly trying to sign. So the first one, coming from reliable journalists in France, is that the Reds have entered talks with Nice for Kefren Turam. And this is a move that would make me very happy. Kefren Turam is a very, very exciting young midfielder. Only 22 years of age, just turned 22 in March. 6'4", rangy, quick, excellent dribbler, good off the ball, clever passer. Not an expansive passer, but that is something he can develop. He makes the right decisions, and that's what mo- what's most important. He's obviously got exceptional genes. His dad is Lillian Turam, one of the greatest defenders of all time. His brother's Marcus Turam, who's obviously a good footballer in his own right. Uh, he made his French debut this year, and he has been a standout performer in the French top flight for the last few years. He came through the Monaco Academy, progressed into their first team group, didn't get the opportunities he was looking for, so he went to Nice, and he has excelled there. You're probably looking at a price somewhere in the region of 45 to 55 million, which for a player of his potential, with his age and size and talent, I I think it's really good money. He's definitely more of a box-to-box midfielder than... A six. I saw some people floating the idea that he could play as a six, and he has played as a six in the past, but he's much more Yaya Toure than Fabinho. You want to give him freedom. You want to allow him to carry the ball, express himself, get involved in quick interplay in the opposition third. I think Kefren Turam would be a great signing. We know that it looks like Alexis is close to being done you put those two as the two number eights and that's a really nice balance and then you've got Curtis and Thiago as the depth and that's really strong then from reliable sources in Germany we had word that Liverpool had entered talks with Borussia Mönchengladbach for Emmanuel Manu Kone who is another 22-year-old French midfielder, just turned 22 on the 17th of this month, two weeks ago today. 
And he is absolute dynamite. Think a more explosive version of Yves Basuma with better dribbling. Like Turam, he's the type that can pick the ball up in his own half and carry it 40 yards. He's another one who's very good at quick interplay, but he is a monster off the ball. While Turam is good off the ball, Kone is great. He's exceptional at pressing. He's a great ball winner. And with the right coaching and development, he could play as a number six. Now, looking at those two profiles, they fit really well together. As I say, you could play him as a six, so you have him and Trent as your double pivot. You have him as a ball winner and ball carrier. You have Trent as a ball player. And then in the advanced line, you have Turam and McAllister. And that, as a four, I think is really strong. You've got great athleticism. You're going to be exceptionally good off the ball. You're going to be dynamic. You're going to be powerful. You're going to be aggressive because of Kone. And I think Turam can get there as well. But it might work better in a diamond midfield where Trent plays the deeper role, Turam and Kone play as the engine, and Alexis plays the most advanced role. Now, I floated that idea on Twitter yesterday, and a few people seemed to get confused that I was suggesting Trent play as a six. The deepest role in a diamond is not always a six. It's not always a defensive midfielder. um, Andrea Pirlo didn't play as a defensive midfielder. He played as a deep-lying playmaker. Xabi Alonso, the same. They weren't defensive midfielders. They were deep playmakers. And that type of role for Trent would fit him perfectly. He'd have time and space on the ball. He'd have two guys in front that can do all the defensive work and give him good protection, win the ball back and give it to him so he can make things happen in Kone and Turam, and then you'd have that other creator at the tip with Alexis McAllister, who, playing behind the front three, could potentially get quite a few goals with his movement and his intelligence and his shooting ability. Now, Alexis as a 10 and a diamond works with Cody, and it works really well with Darwin, So or Jota. So whoever the nine is, it's going to work. Playing that diamond is also a better fit for Cody to play as one of the midfielders behind Darwin or Jota. And if you think back to sort of mid-90s Ajax, Louis van Gaal's team, the team Pep and Linders adores, the shape and system that Pep and Linders has been inspired by, it is that three-diamond three. Now, they played with Rijkaard at the base, who had previously been a defensive midfielder. But Rijkaard, at that point, couldn't really move a whole lot. Then they had Seedorf and Davids as the sort of box-to-box types. And either Ronald De Boer or Yari Littmanen as the 10, with either Littmanen or Clivert as the 9. And those are very similar profiles to what we're looking at here. Now, 
Turam and Kone aren't quite Davids and Seydorf. They're a little bit different, but they are dynamic box-to-box players. None, neither of them have Seydorf's technical ability. Ne- neither of them have David's just nature, I suppose. But they've got good technical level. They've got good aggression. They've got great athleticism, probably more athletic than the Ajax two. Ronald De Boer and Alexis are quite similar players. Cody and Littmanen have quite a bit in common. Now, Darwin and Clivert are different types of nines, but they're both pure number nines. I quite like the makeup of that. Now, that Ajax team had Michael Reitziger at right back or right side centre back. We would have Ibu, who's better than Reitziger was, especially in that type of role. They had... Danny Blind, we would have Virgil, so that's a huge upgrade, although Danny Blind was great. And they had Frank DeBoer as the lefty. Now, that's the one area that we would then have to go and address because it can't be Robbo. He just doesn't fit very well. But Inacio is very similar to Frank DeBoer in terms of his passing ability. And De Boer's passing ability, especially his ability to find his wingers from that left-side centre-back slot, was key to a lot of what Ajax did. He would play the cross-field ball to Finiti George, or he would play it down the line, often on a low trajectory for Mark Overmars. Blind was also a great long pass when he would find those wingers, and Ajax were able to turn defence into attack very, very quickly. There are elements of what Van Hal preached that Klopp definitely used as a basis for his own original style, obviously mixing them with the, the pressing mandates of Saki and others that inspired him in Germany. Linders is heavily influenced by Van Hal, as many Dutch coaches of his age are. I really do think that's a really nice basis. And you'll have Andy Robertson at the club, so you can bring him in for an issue and play a more traditional back four with Trent going back to his more typical right-back slot. Turam, Kone and Alexis right to left works as a midfield three. And then the front three works as a front three regardless. You could also make it work as a as a box midfield. Let's say you play Kone and Alexis as the deep two. You could play Curtis and Kefren or Gakpo and Kefren or Gakpo and Curtis as the advanced two. You could play Alexis in the advanced two. You could play Kefren and Kone as a double pivot. There's not maybe the amount of ball progression you'd want from passing, but certainly they're capable passers of the ball. You could play Thiago with either of them in a double pivot and it would work. You could play Fabinho with either of them and it would work. You could play Cody and Moe, Darwin and Moe, Darwin and Cody, Cody and Gakpo, Moe and Gakpo, Moe and, sorry, Cody and Gakpo. Cody and Jota, Mo and Jota would all be options for a front two. So you'd have a bunch of different shapes you could go to. You could play a 4-2-3-1 if 
if you wanted. You could play Mo, Cody, and Diaz behind Jota or behind uh, Darwin. You could play Kefren as a 10. You could play Alexis as a 10. So bringing in Kone and Kefren could potentially give you massive amounts of flexibility. I keep seeing people on Twitter saying, oh, it's it's one or the other. They're, they're different players. They're not the same player at all. Kone's best skill set is defensive third, third to middle third. Kefren is more attack-minded than Kone is. They're different players who do different things. Yes, they're both great ball carriers, but they do it at different times and in different ways. Kone does it to relieve pressure. Kefren does it to attack. He does it to open up defences. The idea that it should be one or the other is flawed. It should be both. You get both of them and Alexis, and it fixes most of the issues in our midfield. In fact, it fixes pretty much all the issues in our midfield. You're younger, you're quicker, you're more aggressive, you're more dynamic, you're better defensively, you're better going forward. You've got more versatility. I I don't understand what the hesitation would be in any fan not getting on board with the idea of signing these two. Both 22 years of age. Curtis, I think, is 22 years of age. Besetic is 19. Now you've got four young midfielders. Trent is 24. He'll be 25 later this year. Alexis is 24. He'll be 25 later this year. You've got now a young core in midfield, plus the ageing heads like Thiago and Fabinho, who's still got technical quality. And Thiago can still play like Thiago when he's fit. Fabinho needs legs around him, but they can still offer a fair bit with those younger legs around them. Like, if you wanted to see out a game, Kefren, Fabinho and Kone, right to left. Those three will be able to shut down the opposition. Fabinho can sit in front of the centre-backs. Kefren and Kone can roam, destroy, slot back in and do it all very, very rapidly. Get through defensive rotations very rapidly. These two make a ton of sense, especially with Alexis, because you put Trent and Alexis in midfield together, you've got your creativity, you've got your goals. Both Kefren and Kone, in my view, can develop the goal-scoring side of the game if played in that diamond. I think, maybe not big numbers, but we we haven't been getting big numbers from midfield anyway. Ginny got, what, seven or eight one year. Lalanne, I think, got seven one year. Milner got a bunch of penalties one year, but he was playing largely as a left-back. Henderson's never been a goal scorer. Fabinho gets one, maybe two a season. Thiago gets one, maybe two a season. I think Alexis could get you ten a year. I think Trent can get six or seven a year playing in this role especially if it's that more free roll in a diamond. 
I just can't see a downside. And there's other options in that <clears throat> that left-sided centre-back role as well. Mickey Van Der Veen's been mentioned recently. He'd be a really good signing. And Schmatke has that connection already with Wolfsburg, has a connection with the player. He already signed him once. He knows the agent. He knows the family. That one makes maybe even more sense than Anasio because he's probably cheaper and it's probably an easier deal to do given there's no buyout. So if the fee is $30 million, you can pay that in installments. You can also spread it over five years in a contract. It's $6 million a year. If Anasio is 35 and a buyout, that's all paid up front and you can't use amortization on it. And he's bigger, faster, stronger. He's a great long passer. He's not quite as good with short and medium range passing as Inacio. He's not quite as good defensively yet. But either them, Piero Hincapié, Castello Lacaba of Leon, there's a bunch of options that would fit really well on the left of that back three. I'm fully on board if these are the two with Alexis and that's the midfield. It also fits into the line that certain journalists have been saying, oh, Liverpool don't plan to sign a six. Because technically, they wouldn't be signing a six. Kone can play as a six, has played a lot as a six. Kefren has played as a six, could in theory play as a six again. But they're not sixes. They're more number eights. And if you look at if you look at what we were originally looking at, Jude Bellingham, well, Kefren, while different to Bellingham, is probably a Bellingham alternative that we've had on our radar. I never fully bought the Gravenberch stuff because I felt that was just a lazy rumour that hung around after previous windows. Kone would be a similar price and is a better player. And fits better. Makes more sense for us. And Mount was the third one. And I believe that we pivoted from Mount to Alexis McAllister. Because I don't believe for one second that Alexis was the alternative to Jude. Because they're so different. Now, Mount and Alexis are very different as well. But there's more crossover. More similarities in what they do than what Alexis and Jude do. Just like there's more similarities in what Kefren does to Jude as opposed to Alexis to Jude. So I think the original plan might have been Jude, Mount and Gravenberch when plans are being drawn up closer to Christmas. And then there was a realisation made that Gravenberch maybe doesn't, doesn't tick all the boxes. And then Jude became too expensive. The scale of the rebuild became quite clear to certain people. And with Mount, I I just honestly think he's probably pricing himself out of a move. But bring me Kone, bring me Kefren, bring me Alexis, and bring me one of those left-footed centre-backs. And we're well on the way to having an outstanding team 
We'd still need some squad pieces, but we might not get them this summer. We'd probably have to get a replacement for Kelleher. So do you think he'll leave? And then next summer, we'd have to do the rest. But, yeah, that would be a, that would be a hell of a window. Kefren Turam, Manu Kone, Alexis McAllister, Inacio, Van de Veen. They're probably the top two for me. And a, a solid backup goalkeeper. Who that would be, I don't know. I wouldn't be against Alban Lafont. Wouldn't be against that at all. If Nance go down this weekend, I think you get him at a good price. He's at a contract next year. And he fits in well with this uh, this new French core we could be building. Um, you can check out this is Anfield and Liverpool.com when you have a chance. There is a new scouted up on Anfieldindex.com. Uh, myself and Carl had a look at players from the relegated clubs in the Premier League that we would take. We had a look around the rest of Europe at the other clubs that have been relegated or might get relegated and what we might take. And frankly, there wasn't a lot. We've done that before, and we found a number of players that would have worked well, but not so much uh, this year. Um, Article-wise, there is a piece up about links to Bruno Gomerish. I would take them with uh, a bucket of salt. Uh, There's a piece up about Benjamin Pavard, who's been linked as well. There is a piece up about Manu Kone. Sam Maguire has a piece up about Fabio Carvalho. There is the post-mortem on Liverpool versus Southampton by Stephen Smith. And that is your lot. That's what we have on AnfieldIndex.com. My own weekly column, I assume, will come out tomorrow. I think it was meant to come today, but it will come out tomorrow, I'm guessing. And, um, yeah, there we go. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.